Percy, we've all heard the old expression, let's get the show on the road. Where do you think that comes from? <laughs> you know, I believe I read somewhere, uh, I'm not sure exactly where, it originated from the days of old, my friend, when the circus had to tear down their tents you know, and equipment and kind of put them on trains to kind of move from one city or one town to the next. Uh And so the expression came, you know, hey, let's pack up so we can hit the road for the next performance, no matter what the challenge or the difficulty of for the show had to go on. And so with that, perhaps this principle can be applied to a cancer journey. Let's talk about it today. Yeah, our guest today says uh, she took this disposition when she was told she first had cancer. She said, let's get the show on the road. Mm-hmm. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae, National Director of Specialized Outreach at City of Hope. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks again for joining us this week and every week for this podcast. We are here to encourage you and to inform you and to really challenge you in many, many ways. And our guests are an important part of this program as well. Percy, uh, who are we going to meet today? You know, we're going to meet uh, a second member of what I like to call a dynamic duo. We heard... <laughs> Uh, recently from her partner, uh, you know, with regard to two women who were diagnosed with ovarian cancer and through a set of serendipitous, you know, scenarios, they met one another. And so Andrea uh, Sizzler is is a, a nurse who was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and she's going to help us understand her overall disposition and mentality when she was told that she had cancer that is not typical uh, with regard to, you know, let's get this show on the road. She Mm -hmm. was like, listen, I took that as a challenge. That's kind of who I was. And so we're going to hear her unpack her journey and her story today with regard to that diagnosis and that battle that she is now, you know, uh, she has no evidence of disease at this point. So that's the good news. too. Good conversation to come here on Health, Hope and Inspiration. Our featured resource is called When One is Faced with a Battle. And we'll say more about that resource later, but you can look it up right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com when one is faced with a battle. Hey, did we hear from anybody this week? You know what we did, my friend? And so I have a comment from Bakersfield, California, where I'm starting to hear more and more from people on the, the West Coast. So that's great in terms of City of Hope and uh, the relationship that now we have with that as our new sponsor out in California. So that is fantastic. And the comment from Bakersfield, California is this. Uh, 31-year stage 4 cancer survivor on March 15, 2023, TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, launched God's testimony of healing for me in 1994. My cancer, God's mercy. So I'm presuming that that's the name of either the book or the testimony that was uh, broadcast Mm -hmm. on uh, Trinity Broadcast. Mm -hmm. And it says that, Uh, now on Amazon, with the purpose to honor God and encourage others. Amen. I look forward to listening to your podcast. And so here's someone that's just basically letting us know they are a 31-year stage four colon cancer survivor. And so today we celebrate uh, Bakersfield, California, and anyone, while we're thinking about it, if you have survived, if you are living and thriving beyond a cancer diagnosis today, we lift up holy hands and we say thank you and praise God for your journey and thank you for your story. 
as is the case with Bakersfield. Thank you so much. Indeed. If you have a story, a comment, a question to send, reach us through our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Four words, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Connect to type in your question or comment right there. We read them all, and we don't get to share all of them here on the podcast, but we do read each and every one. Mm -hmm. Also, that free resource is available at the same website when one is faced with a battle, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Okay. Before we get the show on the road, let's uh, turn to God's Word, Percy. Yep, Romans 8, and we've been in Romans 8 a couple of times here over the couple of shows, and uh, (laughs) it's just so much juicy good things there in Romans 8. Uh, But Romans 8, 31, and this will help with the disposition and the tone of uh, who we are here from today, and it says this, What shall we then say to these things? And in this particular case, being told that uh, this individual was diagnosed with cancer, In her heart, she's like, then what shall we say to these things? And then here's the response. If God be for us, then who can be against us? And what a mighty, powerful way to be able to respond to adverse challenges, negativity uh, that we may confront at the end of the day, not in our own power and our strength, but if God is for us, then who can be against us? Today, you're going to hear from someone who was empowered with this sentiment and with this philosophical thought from God. Percy, we'll talk with Andrea in just a moment. We're excited to announce that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide Meditations have teamed up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to this HHI community. Abide makes Bible meditations delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day and rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Here's what you do. Text HHI to 22433 for a free subscription. Quiet your mind, relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. Once again, I know you're jotting that down. HHI, text to 22433. And we believe you will be blessed and encouraged. Hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P, back with another compelling conversation about cancer. And I am thrilled and privileged, as always, to bring to you conversation and individuals who talk about cancer from their point of view, from their experience. It's interesting to me that uh, there are tons of people who have cancer who have something to say and have stories to tell, but in many cases uh, do not necessarily have a platform or an audience to share their story with. And that's one of the reasons why Health, Hope, and Inspiration exists, so that we can give a platform to have dialogue and discussion And you've heard from this lady before. We interviewed her with a dear friend of hers some time ago uh, about a foundation that she's a part of called uh, Hearts of Teal, H-A-R-T-S. But we didn't get into her cancer story, her path, her journey. And so we thought we'd bring her back to talk about uh, her cancer journey today. Welcome back to the platform and to the show. Andrea, how are you, my dear? I'm doing good. Thank you very much Thanks All right. for having me. Oh, it's exciting to have you again. Andrea Sizzler, I wanted to make sure I give you give your last name for people to know. You have been diagnosed at one point in time with ovarian cancer, but you are a two-time uh, cancer survivor at this point. Originally, you were diagnosed with breast cancer back in uh, 2012, and then you were diagnosed Uh, in February of 2020 with ovarian cancer, and you received your treatment for your cancer. Uh, And then you began to receive your uh, observation and assessment for uh, your cancer at uh, City of Hope, Atlanta. 
And uh, that's where you are currently being observed, but you now have no evidence of disease. And so with that being said, let's talk about the day when you first were told that you have cancer. When you heard those words, what went through your mind? Somebody's got to beat it, so it might as well be me. Wow. And I verbally said that. Wow. Wow. That rose right up out of your consciousness just like that. Yeah, I... I believe that, yeah, I said that to the doctor. I said, well, someone has to beat this horrific disease and it might as well be me. And he looked at me and he said, I believe you believe that. And I said, I do believe that. That is awesome. So you hear these words uh, and I've been in this situation and I remember the day when I got that phone call. And so, you know, because it takes a minute for that to wash over you, I think, in your consciousness and in your spirit and in your heart. Because then at some point you've got to react and respond and do something. You hear those words. You tell your doctor that response. Uh, What did you do next after that? Did you have a conversation with your family, with uh, friends? What what was the next thing that you did from there? What was your next action step? Well, I didn't really, you know, truly, I, the doctors told me that, you know, according to my CT scan, I hadn't had a um, biopsy yet that I most likely had stage three, stage four ovarian cancer. But I am a registered nurse as well. And I said, well, you know, after I made that comment, I said, well, we'll see, you know, we'll see what the pathology report says. So I, I didn't, I wasn't fearful. I didn't worry about it. I wasn't concerned about it. I just said, let's just basically get this show on the road. My husband was with me at the doctor's appointment. Okay. So it was a couple of days after surgery that um, I, my husband told me that it was ovarian cancer and, at that moment, I thought, well, okay, let's get this show on the road. Um, and I didn't know what that show on the road even looked like, to be honest with you. Um, my family says that I, God forgot to give me a, a worry gene. I'm not a worrier. I have a lot of other things that probably aren't the greatest things that I do, but um, worrying is not one of them. So okay. it didn't didn't really derail me in that sense. I... I've just always been the type of person that if you tell me I can't do something, I'll be doggone it. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I just looked at this. I looked at it as a challenge and I knew unequivocally that God would get me through this. I had no idea what I was walking into Reverend. Right. I don't know if anybody can, when mm-hmm. you walk through the type of, you know, the, just the treatment and the surgery, the ovarian cancer. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know to right. be honest with you. Right. right. Um, but yeah, so my husband was there. Everyone knew before I knew, to ah, be honest with you. Okay, okay. So you you have this can do spirit. This you know I'm, I'm you you know you're that girl. And I and I've met many cancer patients who out the gate you know take on that dynamic whether it's it's genetically coded into the their personality, uh, their faith orientation, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there are certainly people who I have spoken to and who I've met. I was one of those individuals. I took that same you know, disposition, but I had a lot of dress rehearsal having done the work that I'm doing, you know, so I was very familiar with cancer. I talked about cancer. I preached about cancer. I've done seminars about cancer. So when I heard those words, I was like, I guess it's just my turn. Uh, But, but yeah, but by and large, that's not necessarily uh, a lot of other people's reaction and response, but you, you take, you, you immediately kick into this mode of, Let's get this show on the road. So getting the show on the road, how did you come to terms with making decisions about clinical care and treatment? Because this is the area 
that becomes very overwhelming for most people when they're told that they have cancer. And being a nurse, I'm sure you can understand because they're trying to come to they're getting a lot of information that can overload, you know, just just your 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 head space. And then people be, begin to shut down. They begin to kind of uh, lose focus. And this is where having good caregivers come into play. Uh, in getting the show on the road, I think that's going to be the title of this. I like this show. I like that thought. Uh, <laughs> how did you come to terms with clinical care and treatment? What, what, what were your steps to help somebody listening? Well, I'll tell you, um, anybody that knows me would have told you, Andrea will never do chemo. She will never put any of that in her body. Mm. I'm kind of in a sense type of a hippie, not hippie, but I'm a real outdoorsy person. I, you know, and when I was a kid, the joke was I'd bring carrot sticks and celery sticks in my lunchbox. <laughs> and my friends would bring ding dongs and Twinkies, you know? So <laughs> that was kind of how I grew up. And so I've never been a smoker. I've never been a drinker. I never, I've never abused my body. And so the reason I chose to go with chemo was because my family and I knew with my diagnosis and they had taken several inches of bowel out, removed Mm. my rectum. I had an ileostomy, you know, I I knew that it was, it was pretty bad. So I um, decided to do chemo and I did, and I did chemo and it's kind of like the snowball effect, like this snowball is this big. And then you go to this doctor and you do this and then you go here and all of a sudden it becomes this overwhelming ball that you look back and you think, how did I get here? Right. 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 how, How did I get here? You know, and we, and you can go back and think, what in the world did I do to get here? I don't know what I did to get here. No genetic mutations. I don't have any history in my family. Right. It's just the card that the Lord called for me to, to stand up and take. And, you know, I knew he was going to walk me through it. But I, I chose chemo because my family, my family, okay. I don't think they would have ever um, been okay if I didn't. But okay. I have vowed I will never do chemo again. Well, and what's interesting, there's two things that I hear with that that I want to highlight and enumerate. Number one is that, um, and again, you've already made it very clear, and we'll get into this just a little bit here, uh, of being a strong person of faith, that there's an intrinsic abiding faith belief system that, that you have and that you that empowers you and, and, and enables you. And of course, this is uh, City of Hope is is not a faith based organization. I always like to clarify that with people, but we're faith friendly. And that is if there is someone who mm-hmm. walks through the front doors and says that their faith is important to them, we will make sure that they are nurtured, supported in their faith and that they allow their faith to be part of their process of clinical care and, and so on and so forth. Having said that. One of the things as a caveat that particularly for a lot of evangelical Christians, because, again, I've, I've, been, I've been doing this a really long time. I've been in the ministry 40 years and I've been working with cancer patients for 30, is that sometimes people of faith of certain camps struggle with exercising or utilizing good clinical medical treatment and then say, I just want to use my faith. I just want to go natural. I just want to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's interesting to hear you say that initially, if someone would have asked you, would you have ever done chemotherapy? They would have, you would have said not in a million years, but you ended up doing chemotherapy and utilizing I did. It. did I you, did. Did you ever feel like that that was a conflict with your faith belief system? No, I never did. I never felt it was a conflict. I felt that God used that and in in all the hospitalizations, I had to be hospitalized for all my chemos. Um, 
I was able to share the gospel, Reverend, more times than I probably can count on both my hands. It was an opportunity that God allowed me to meet people that I would have never met before. Right. And so in in the way that I look at it, I didn't have a conflict of interest when I just, Good. I guess, you know, when anybody, when you decide to do something, you decide, I go full force. And I believe that the Lord had called me to, to do chemo with my family's encouragement. Um, I don't regret it. I don't regret it one bit. But the Lord did use that chemo along with other things. But in the in, intertwined in all of that right. is incredible what I was able to, sh- how many people I was able to share the gospel with and what I learned about people hurting. And it was, again, we're thinking 2022 here, you know, all the people from the lady who would change my trash every day to the, the same gentleman that would bring the meals every day. Yeah. We would talk about God. Yeah, yeah. I would have never had that opportunity. So, no, I don't. I don't, I don't have any conflict with going through that okay. or having chemo the first time. Yeah, I, I always ask people uh, who, who have a strong faith belief system that question because it is my position uh, uh, that at the end of the day, um, God is the giver of all gifts and medicine and science is a gift. Uh, doctors, God uses doctors. He uses the medical care system. And so, you know, my my overall arching comment is don't be afraid of the medical system. And I know that that's a big thing that came out of the whole COVID era, you know, questioning the medicine and the science. And do we listen to doctors and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, there's still something to be said about understanding where all gifts come from. uh, And they all come from above and they all come from God. And then he gives us wisdom and he gives us choices that we can make. So that's right. And that sounds like that. That's exactly what you did so i'm encouraged uh to hear that so you 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 start your clinical pathway you do chemotherapy uh you you mm-hmm. work you work through those clean you know you had surgery so you work through all of those kind of clinical uh processes and then uh, and you had some pretty extensive uh medical uh work done obviously when you you, you already gave mm-hmm. the list and so uh, today, yeah. you find yourself, and again, you look fantastic. You look just as healthy and vibrant. Um, what would you say is something that you learned from your cancer experience? What did you learn from being a cancer patient? Beyond being able to have the ability to share the gospel, what did you learn? What did you learn about yourself? Or what did you learn about God? Or what did you learn about people around you? Well, I learned that it didn't matter what Andrea said, what Andrea did, what Andrea didn't do. God's will was going to be God's will. And if I truly was a follower of Christ and I believed what I said I believed mm-hmm. and what I spoke, if I walked that walk, mm-hmm. that God was going to, God's will would be done. And at the end of the day, if he took me home, that was his will. And at the end of the day, if he healed me, he healed me. Okay. And I had peace. I, I just... I don't know. I just believe that the Lord is who he says he is. When you read that word, he is exactly who he says he is. Is it always easy? Absolutely not. It's always not always easy. Right, right. But I don't have any any doubt. So that's what I would say. I God's will is God's will, or there's nothing we're going to do to change that. So to that point, and I appreciate you sharing that, because oftentimes I think we think of people of faith being someone that's standing on top of a mountain with a cape flowing in the air like a superhero Ew. that, you know, uh-uh. <laughs> there are tough days. And, you know, the, the, yeah. the Psalms tells us about walking in the valley of the shadow of death. Um, yep. Let's talk about some tough days you had. How, how, how tough did it get for you? I think the toughest time for me was I have four children and 
at the time I didn't have any grandchildren and my oldest daughter was expecting um, her, our first grandchild. It, it was hard imagining that maybe she would never see me. Yeah. It was hard. I had four, four bowel obstructions and the way I explain that is it's being in child labor and it never gives up. Okay. Um, so, and I'm allergic to narcotics, so yeah. I couldn't take a lot of pain medicine. And yeah. so th- those were the valleys. Those were valleys that you sit, you know, I would sit there in the hospital for days. I was, my kids and my husband would come up and they'd make signs because they couldn't come you know, in. walk in the hospital. Yeah. yeah. The national guard would let you in. Um, in 2020, I was in the hospital six months in some odd days, not consecutively, but I spent a lot of time in the hospital. Right. And so there were a lot of, you know, there were a lot of valleys, but I'm an introvert. So I, I prefer to be by myself. I don't need a bunch of people around me. That's okay. not very comfortable for me. Okay. So being in the hospital alone wasn't a bad thing, but for others, I can see that would be very low for them. That wasn't the low point for me. The low point was, I would say the pain. Some of the pain is very, very um, intense. Yeah. And watching what it does to your family. Okay. Two of our daughters are adopted from China, and it was hard to watch what cancer did to them mm. because they were, you know, in 2020, all the children were home from school, so there was no reprieve from mom being sick. It was a 24-7 thing. They yeah. saw me 24-7, you know, vomiting 20 times a day. Um, you know, it, it they never got a break from it, so I think and Kim can attest to that too, what it did to our children. Mm-hmm. Only the, only, only the merciful God can um, heal that because it, it affects everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you've mentioned it several times. So I want to give a shout out and, and any, any passing thought that you'd like to share. Sounds like you had an amazing, uh, care team and a system of, of support your husband, et cetera, et cetera. How important was uh, was those folks in terms of just providing mental, emotional, spiritual, physical support for you? My husband was incredible. I would never, uh, I guess we've been married 32 years, going on 33 years. So at the time it was 30 years. Mm-hmm. I would have never guessed he would be able to change an ileostomy bag. Wow. I would never, you know, he took on a role because home health nurses wouldn't come into the house. It was nobody. Yeah. He took on a role of a caretaker. Um, but Kim was a saving grace for me because she got it. And Kim and Kim why, is Kim is Kim Earhart, uh, your yes, compadre with, yes, with your foundation. Yes. Yes. We were able to understand one another and talk to one another because I didn't know anybody with ovarian cancer. Yeah. I don't think Kim did either. But the caretakers, I think they kind of don't get what to do to them. I think they they need a lot a lot of um, support too, because what they're doing 24 seven isn't easy. And it's not fun to watch someone in your family go through cancer while you're trying to work and pay the bills and make dinner and take care of the kids. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's a full-time job on top of watching your, someone you care and love about fight the beast. Well, certainly we're going to give a huge shout out right here and right now to your hubby, uh, your significant other, and thank God for his faithfulness and his diligence. Uh, and you're exactly right. We need to make sure that we care for the caregivers because there is no successful cancer patient that I know that has walked the right. path of cancer that they did not have the support of at least one person in their life that was there uh, to support them and hold them up. And so thank God uh uh, yes. for, 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 for Mr. Husband, Mr. Cause I didn't get his first Mr. name. Husband. Hey, Mr. Husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, God. Cause nobody else, 
nobody, my parents left after I had surgery and I didn't see them again until July. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank God for him. Well, in the, mm-hmm. in the closing minutes that we have here, and I mm-hmm. thank you so much for taking time and, and to going into such detail uh, with your story. Uh, at this stage of the game, you're doing well. You look well. You've been through the valley. You. You've been you you've been on the mountaintop. You've been in the valley. Uh, you're doing great work with uh, the foundation that you mentioned with Kimberly Earhart called uh, Hearts H A R T S Hearts of Teal. What would you say to someone who's listening to you right now? Uh, what continues to give you hope and keep you hopeful today? That's easy. Um, my hope is to be able to always communicate the hope that I get, and I pray that other people get this, to communicate with only the help of the Holy Spirit, mm. is that when we truly believe God's will is without fault and perfection, we can find peace during any and all storms. Wow. And that's my hope. Listen, you've had the last word. Today you have heard from Andrea Sessler. She is a two-time cancer survivor and patient. Uh, breast cancer and uh, ovarian cancer. She is now under observation only, no longer receiving active treatment, and she has no evidence of disease. And so today we salute you, my dear. Thank you. Uh, And we thank God for you. And as he continues to use you and the foundation, uh, Hearts of Teal, uh, may that continue to grow and expand in every way. You have my undying love, support, and respect Thank you so much for being on Health, Hope, and Inspiration today. Thank you. All right. Have Thank a great you, day. Bye. Yes, great to have Andrea back with us here on HHI. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy. We'll talk more about their conversation in just a moment. But if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, I hope you'll consider City of Hope. They have locations from coast to coast. There's a team of more than 11,000, including researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, volunteer, and, of course, support staff, all united by their desire to find cures and save lives. So visit the website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope. Or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. The word hope, 866-712-4673. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, it was great to have Andrea back with us here again, talking about uh, her experience and Hearts of Teal. Yeah, again, I love this lady and I love her partner, who we heard from previously, uh, Kimberly Earhart. Two women who basically, you know, found themselves in each other's presence and orbit as a result of having a similar diagnosis. And and out of that, you know, they started a foundation, Hearts of Teal, H-A-R-T-S, Hearts of Teal. But, you know, Andrea's story is interesting to me because first and foremost, she was and is a registered nurse. And so, you know, so she she entered into this space uh, having been always on the other side of the, the table, you know, that she was serving and taking care of people and patients. But then she became the patient. And I just thought it was just phenomenal and amazing and and not very common or often uh, with regard to the response that she, you know, she shared with us. She said when the doctor told her 
that, you know, she had cancer. First of all, she said, well, somebody's got to beat this horrific disease. It might as well be me. <laughs> so you know, she she starts right out the gate yeah. with this disposition and this attitude. Let's get know? this show on the road. <laughs> and let and then let's get this show on the road. And then I love the fact that she said that she told her doctor, she said literally in those exact words, and his response was, she said, he said, I believe you believe that. <laughs> I thought that that was really, I thought that that was a moment. I, 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 you know, and I didn't go into a lot of, you know, did she share with her doc her faith and this, that or the other. But uh, part of what was driving this disposition, she said she didn't believe that God never gave her a, a worry gene. So yeah. she always, you know, has taken on challenges as if someone told her she couldn't do something something within her always said then you know i'm gonna do it just because you said i couldn't so this is how she entered into this conversation once told that she had cancer i thought it was an amazing thing yeah and she said that initially she didn't want to do chemo at all yeah it's it's interesting and as a nurse uh you know she said that you know she had been privy to the fact obviously that she had seen, you know, how difficult at times for certain patients, this is not always the experience of every cancer patient, that, you know, chemotherapy can be, you know, kind of be a rough proposition sometimes. And again, certainly with regard to uh, some of the side effects where, you know, hair loss, uh, you know, mouth sores uh, and or uh um, regurgitation, not being able to maintain and hold your food down. She just, in her mind, she was like, I don't want to do chemotherapy, but she was persuaded uh, to do so and did do so and, and, and moved forward with that as a, as, as one of the methods of treatment for her cancer. So yeah, she, she probably saw many, many occasions of the impact that the chemotherapy had on some cancer patients under certain circumstances that made her feel that way. You know, Andrea talked about something a lot of people I'm sure struggle with, you know, she she wondered why me, you know, I'm I'm a pretty healthy person, I eat right and et cetera, et cetera, why why cancer? Yeah, and you know, this this is a question I think that happens more often than not for many people. Uh, she took it from from a kind of a a, a healthy lifestyle perspective. You know, I, I never smoked. I never drank. You know, I've always uh, attempted to eat properly. And yet here she was and she was trying to figure out how did I get here? Uh, but there's also, you know, individuals who come from that, who 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 ask that question from the angle of sometimes, you know, from a spiritual perspective, God, why is it that you allowed me to have cancer? Or I, I'm, I'm a young person. I had just started my career. I have young children. I think that as a whole, uh, the the question of why me becomes pretty prevalent when one is told that they have cancer because they're trying to process after that has been said to you. And I know that I've been there. Uh, and I remember when you and I, we, we've, you know, uh, talked about this and we recorded a couple of shows and folks, if you want to hear that, you should go back and just kind of, uh, search Percy McCray with regard to my story. Uh, what bubbled up in my spirit immediately was why not me? Mm -hmm. You know, again, yeah. I have supported thousands of cancer patients. And so within me, uh, I believe the still small voice of God basically said, why not you? You know, again, you know, you're no different than anyone else. As a matter of fact, you are a prime candidate, if you will, 
uh, to be a spokesperson for uh, what I do, you know, with regard to the power of prayer, the power of faith, the power of modern medicine, science and nutrition that, you know, you've been doing this a really long time, person. You get to stand there now and say, it's my turn and why not me? And and let's see what I do with you through this process and how your voice will be become even more authentic and credible with regard to the subject and the topic of, you know, standing and believing and expecting good things to happen to you. So I think that every cancer patient, by and large, probably works through some element of the question why me to try to figure out how to rationalize it all and then regroup around however you answer that within your heart to try to move forward. Yeah. And I mean, she was so honest about what she went through and it was a very difficult time. She, she spoke of all the issues and what it did to her family, how she suffered and so on and so on. Uh, but that, uh, that really equips her to help other people now through this organization that she started. You know, we talk about it almost virtually every week, Wayne, and, and, and I don't mind as the old expression is beating a dead horse because this horse is not dead. This horse is very <laughs> yeah, much alive. This right. is a stallion. This horse is running at top speed. Amen. And that is the the sentiment and the power. If it's if it's not one thing that I the day that I walk away from this environment, either by virtue of it's time for me to go and be with the Lord or he calls me to do something different. The thing that I learned, the number one principle in supporting cancer patients is how people can find either renewed purpose or or enhanced purpose behind uh, the negative experiences of being a cancer patient and how that drives them. It motivates them to say, I want to do something to help someone else. I want to pass it forward or I want to encourage someone. And that is certainly the case with regard to Andrea as she has partnered with, again, Kimberly with yep. this foundation, you know, Hearts of Teal. Yeah. And they're literally helping thousands of women across the United States. Ladies, thank you for what you're doing. Well, we have a resource. It's a featured resource this week. There are many resources available. This one is called When One is Faced with a Battle. Why don't you say a word about it, and I'll tell listeners how to get this. Yeah, I love this resource. And and um, the Lord kind of inspired me around this, you know, and how, if you, you're not a preacher or a pastor or a minister if you've never preached the text of David and Goliath. You, you just... You don't qualify unless you've you've written a sermon and produced a sermon around that narrative. And 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 what God said to me is that, you know, when people are facing cancer, it is in effect that like the day when David stood and faced the giant and said, Not today. Today is gonna be not it's not gonna be a different it's gonna be a different day today. It's not gonna be typical. I'm going to stand and face you and confront you. And so I wrote this uh, resource with that narrative in mind that though cancer may appear to be bigger, stronger, and more formidable than you are within yourself, the little shepherd boy reminded himself that he thought about the days of old when God was with him, when the lion attacked uh, the lamb, when the bear attacked the lamb, and how the power of God came upon him to defeat his foe. And today, that's what this resource is all written around, the narrative of encouraging people, though the bully, because they, you know, Goliath was a bully. He came in and he bullied uh, Jerusalem. Though cancer may be a bully, uh, you can face that with confidence and know that God is with you. Uh, he will equip you. He will help you. He will encourage you. And with good uh, medical care, treatment, and et cetera, uh, potentially this battle can be won. And so when one is faced with the battle, what is the disposition attitude that we need to take into that conflict? <laughs> well, I know you'll find this helpful. So download it free of charge. When one is faced with a battle, 
at healthhopeandinspiration.com. With God, all things are possible. You taught that earlier from Romans chapter 8. Can we recite that as we close today? Absolutely. Romans 8, 31, to be exact. What shall we say then to these things? And if you read the previous verses, I just didn't read it for the sake of time. It gives a nice laundry list of things, you know, uh, that one may be confronted with. So it says, what shall we say then to all these things, all of these negative things that may happen to us? If God be for us, that's what we say to this. If God be for us, then who can be against us? And so today, uh, I want to remind you that God is with you. He is in you. He is around you. He is under you. And he is hovering above you. And so today, God is for you. Pastor Percy McRae, Pastor P with the City of Hope. And thank you for the time you invest in this podcast, Percy. Oh, it's a blessing. I love it. And I'm enjoying every minute. But remember, you know, uh, as we get on down the road and get the show on the road, that means we have work to do. So let's keep chopping the wood. God bless until the next time. Join us then for Health, Hope and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.